Welcome everyone, this is Rascalzo Chronicles of the End Times. Thank you for being with me today. Well, I just thank all of you all around the globe that are listening in and uh, sharing this podcast. As we continue today with the state of the church, we talked about that love is the only way. And uh, it's a song that uh, I recorded in Nashville, Tennessee some years ago. It just seems so appropriate. The Lord kept laying it on my heart. We are coming through a time of testing. For the church of Jesus Christ. And uh, so we're not going to deal with the world today per se. We're going to be talking more about the state of the church. So for that we're going to look to Revelation chapter 17. It may seem like an odd chapter or book to pick out on this subject. But we're going to be talking about the woman that's riding on the beast. So let's look at Revelation 17. One of the seven angels who had the seven bowls came to me and said, Come, I will show you the punishment of the great prostitute who sits on many waters. With her the kings of the earth committed adultery, and the inhabitants of the earth were intoxicated with the wine of her adulteries. Then the angel carried me away in the spirit into a desert. There I saw a woman sitting on a scarlet beast that was covered with blasphemous names, and had seven heads and ten horns. The woman was dressed in purple and scarlet, and was glittering with gold and precious stones and pearls. She held a golden cup in her hand, filled with the abominable things. This title was written on her forehead. Mystery, Babylon the Great, the mother of prostitutes, and the abominations of the earth. And I saw that the woman was drunk with the blood of the saints, and the blood of those who bore the testimony to Jesus. Now at first reading, I'm sure, you know, we're thinking of, well, you know, this is the world, you know, and the world has turned at this point uh, to the Antichrist and everything is going down the tubes and the world is persecuting the church. Now, there is a certain measure of truth to that, as we know that the Antichrist will obviously go after all those who serve Christ, be they Jew or Gentile or whoever they are, anyone who opposes him. There's a lot of of little hints as to what God is trying to show us. And he's talking about a prostitute. We know that in the Old Testament, when Israel fell away from God, he talked to them as they were a prostitute or unfaithful wife. His God is pointing out that there's a new church in town. And this church we see developing and has been developing for about 20, 30 years. But now it's really going to come into its own in the coming decade. And that is the church that decided to walk away from the scriptures and decided to change the Bible, rewrite the Bible, and take things out that were offensive to them. I mean, there's lots of stuff in here that's offensive even to me. You know, and I've been serving the Lord for over 40 years, you know, and God's got to slap me upside the head and say, hey, you know what? You can't do that. This is what my word says. And so it's it's not just for some people. It's for all of us. The word of God keeps us where we need to be, right? Paul said it's like a man who looks into the mirror, then walks away and forgets what he looks like. And the mirror is the word of God. So we see this woman riding on the beast, and it means several different things. We're not going to get into a lot of that today, because that's not what we're talking about. If you've done any studies on Babylon, you'll know that Babylon is the heart and soul of where all the abominations come from. It's the spirit of Babylon, right? The rebellion. So many different religions have spawned off from there. Idolatries, worship of demons, an awful, awful dark pit of abominations that originated in Babylon. And so the Lord is calling this church 
the Babylonian church. This is the backslidden church. This is the church that marries to the Antichrist. Jesus calls us the bride of Christ. The devil is always mimicking the things of God. You know, we know that in the Old Testament, the Lord said for them to wear the law of God around their foreheads and around their right wrists. And so that's where eventually the mark of the beast is put on the forehead or the right wrist. It's a mock. All the kings of the earth have indulged in this. So here we see an evil alliance between the church and the Antichrist system. The beast is actually a person. As we know, this chapter goes on to explain, he is an eighth king that will come and actually calls the beast a person, he. But it's also a system, and it's a system that he will introduce to the world. The danger here is that when we get too far away from God, then we're lost. We can pretty much make up anything. I've taught a lot of classes on Bible prophecy over the last like 45 years, and I love prophecy. It's like a fire in my bones. It's something that the Lord has given me to do. I'm privileged to be able to teach it. But it is Jesus who we are focusing on. It's not this Babylonian system. It's not the Antichrist. We're not checking every news bit of information we can find to see if it's rising up. It's already here. There's no, you don't need to search for it. You don't need to turn over the rocks and look around every corner. It's already here. So as I said before, the persecution is going to come from this Babylonian church, just like it did in the first century. Yes, there could be governments will be involved in this. And as the uh, spirit of Antichrist grows stronger and stronger until he takes power. But there's something very interesting here. Towards the end of the chapter, it says that the waters that you saw where the prostitute sits were peoples, multitudes, and nations and languages. So it's the whole world is is going this way. But isn't it interesting that the beast and the ten horns you saw, which are the ten kings, will hate the prostitute. They will bring her to ruin and leave her naked, eat her flesh, and burn her with fire. Isn't it just like the devil? When he's done using people... He just throws them in the garbage. There's no love there. There's no alliance that you can have with the enemy. When he's done and you're foolish enough to follow him, you get tossed. No, you can't make a deal with the devil and expect it to end well. It just doesn't. You know, hey, you prosper for a while. Nobody's going to say that he's not powerful. We'd be foolish to say that. We're not supposed to honor him. Of course not. You need to know your enemy. We have the authority but we also need to be wise. What happens here? After the enemy is done with this false church and has used it for his purposes, he will destroy it. He is the prince and power of the air. This is his world, you know, and, and people have a lot of trouble with that. Their theology just kind of crashes. You know, well, you know, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Yes, it is. God is the God of heaven and hell and all that is in between. He's Lord of all, of all the created universe, whether we see that part or we don't see that part, it's all under his control. But the enemy has been given certain domain by God. We see it in Luke chapter 4, where he offers Jesus all kinds of things. And Jesus never says to him, I rebuke you, get out of here, you have no authority to give me those places. Because he did have that authority. He was tempting Jesus with real things, not things that he didn't have control over. And of course, Jesus rebuked him using scripture properly. The deception is real. 
The devil knows the word. He knows that soon his time will be very short. And he uses that to harvest the souls that he wants to steal from God. He can't go and beat God. He already tried that. That didn't work. But what he can do is take the things that God holds precious. Like you are safe in God's hand. Jesus said, no one can take you out of my hand. But we can walk out of God's hand. We must remain in the vine. It's very important. If not, then we walk out of God's protection. We all walk out of that anointing he's given us. And we are in trouble fighting the enemy on our own. We need to stay in the anointing. The devil loves to see people fall. He loves to tempt people. He loves to make sure that we're feeding the flesh and not the spirit. That's why when someone falls away from the Lord, God forbid we should rejoice in any way. You don't say, oh, well, you know, they deserved it. Look what happened to them. That's not the heart of God. We should be intercessors praying for their salvations. So let's take a look. Revelation chapter 17, one more time, real quick before we close out this podcast. I want you to look at the few things here that are key. One is John is taken out into the desert to see this beast and see this woman riding on this beast, right? He's not taken to Rome. He's not taken in the spirit in the future to New York City or London or someplace else. He's taken out into the desert. That's important. And secondly, we see that this woman is all decked out. That fallen church is not going to want for anything. And that's a danger. Prosperity is a danger. It's a danger to all of us. When we prosper, we have a tendency not to have the fervor and the passion that we once had for God. It's not that God doesn't want to bless you. We don't want to go down that road. I know people jump on that sometimes, but that can't be our focus. Our focus is our spirituality. Like Paul says, I pray that you will prosper as your soul prospers. That's important. That's that's the foundation, right? That's point A. The rest of it is point B, right? We get point A right, the spiritual part. That's what God's interested in, our prosperity spiritually. So we see two things going on here. There's the Babylonian church, the church the world is embracing, and then is the true followers of Jesus Christ. That Babylonian church is persecuting those who follow Jesus. All the nations are drunk with her prostitutions, right? I mean, you can't take this literally. I mean, the whole world, all the kings, they're all committing sin with her. It's figurative. This is the church. They're, they're being led away from the truth. They're being intoxicated with new doctrines of demons. And it just gets worse and worse and deeper and deeper as the time for the Antichrist draws near. And the last thing we want to look at is that when Satan is done, he destroys the church, that backslidden church. He destroys it because he doesn't need it anymore. He used it to suck people in to get them once the hook was in the mouth and he pulled it and he had them hooked. He no longer needed that church. So it says that he gets together with the rest of the kings of the world and they destroy it. They wipe it out. All the people and all the places that they were hanging out and all the places that they did their worship, wherever it is, he wiped it out. Why? Because Satan wants worship. And he's not going to share it with God. He doesn't want to share it with a demon. He doesn't want to share it with a fable. He wants people to focus only on him. But the good news is that God is in control of everything. It's his way sifting through 
the field and see who will follow him and who won't. So I pray that Bible prophecy would not scare you, but will enlighten you and create a fire and keep that fire burning in your soul to reach people with the truth. Reach people with love. Don't become alienated. We don't want to alienate ourselves from people. We alienate ourselves from the world system. We transform our minds, right? The renewing of our minds through the word. But we don't set ourselves aloof or alienate other people because that's not our job. Our job is to live as salt and light in this world, drawing people to Christ and the truth of his great love and great compassion. So I pray that you've been blessed today. Share this podcast if the Lord lays it on your heart. And I will see you next time as we will continue to look at the church in the last days. God bless. This is Russ Galzo Chronicles of the End Times. Keep looking up for the King is coming. Love